Welcome to the Fearless Living Now podcast. I'm your host, Patty Lustig, and this podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Living Now community. If you're committed to accessing the courage to live life full out and beyond fear, you are in the right place. Each episode will be focused on an aspect of what it takes to find the courage needed to take action toward the fulfillment of your goals. All right, welcome back to this episode of Fearless Living Now. Today, I have a very exciting guest. She's a new friend, cohort, uh, coach in common, I guess you might say. And I'm very excited to have met her. Her name is Nina Group. Did I say your last name right? You did. Yes. Oh, okay. Excellent. And Nina has spent a lot of her life at being an editor and a writer. And in the last couple of years, decided she really loved the idea and took action and got herself to a place where she could call herself a life coach. And she's been working at that for the last couple of years. She is also the mother of four sons. And as far as I'm concerned, the mother of any children, which most of us who are mothers probably would agree, we've got a hell of a lot of knowledge (laughs) about life and heartbreak, as well as joy and how to maneuver through it. So thank you for being here, Nina. And we'd just love to hear any part of your story that can inspire and empower us to find the strength and the courage and the creativity to make changes when we need to. And just any little bit of inspiration and tips you can give us could make, you never know who it's going to make a difference for. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You're welcome. Hmm. Well, and if you need to give us a little backstory, (laughs) (laughs) some context. (laughs) Right. So I would say, you know, I lived a long time in a marriage that was very debilitating for me. Yes, yes. And I didn't think that I had any power or option to leave that marriage. I had a lot of like religious beliefs that kept me in that Mm. box. Uh, And I just, I'm also not a quitter. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Kind of an affliction. And I also, hmm, I was super codependent, really, it was what it boils down to. So, well, so many of us, myself included, fell into that trap. Yeah. You know, for me, I didn't get married till I was 39. Oh, wow. I was a single independent woman with a great career. I was in a very powerful position. And then I go and marry this very psychologically abusive man, Mm. super controlling have a baby with him at 40, which I had never planned to have a child, although I'll Mm. never regret having her. But, you know, it's just so many women fall into that. And in some ways, it was terrifying to get divorced because it just felt like there could be so many repercussions. Yes. 
Absolutely. And I think there's so many women out there that can relate to this. Yeah. In some ways, it's easier to focus on like our responsibilities to other people rather than our responsibilities to ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. And it was a very slow process that allowed me to see that I literally was not going to survive if I stayed in my marriage. It was Mm. completely depleting my life. And I honestly don't know what kind of allowed me to finally make a shift and Mm -hmm. begin to see that in this equation of six people, (laughs) I also mattered. And I think, you know, too, for moms, maybe it's hard, you know, we're just so sacrificing ourselves for our children But probably for two years before I got divorced, I kept going over in my mind, like, what is better for our sons? Like, is it better that they see marriage is forever? We don't quit on people just because, I mean, my husband had substance abuse issues. He had mental health issues. And do we quit on people in those situations? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or do I want my sons to see that, like, you can prioritize yourself. You're not stuck just because you made a decision at some point in your life doesn't mean you have to stick with it forever. I also didn't want them to think that they could treat their partners Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. way they saw their dad treating me. But it was just like this equation that I worked on every single day trying to figure out like which side is heavier, which I went through all of that, even with just one child, I would think oh, maybe I can make it till she's 19. Yes. (laughs) You know, or just so many different thoughts. And with four boys, I mean, I was like, okay, how am I going to make money even with one child? Because he had convinced me that our marriage would work if I quit my job, which, duh, why I did that. And now I was even more dependent. So my hat's off to you. I mean, my God, four boys. But I remember I sat down with a woman who was visiting her private school and she had nine children and she had talked about how she got out of her marriage. And then I thought, okay, come on. If she can do it with nine children, I can do it with one child. Wow. I know. So, man, where did you get that courage? Where do you think it came from? I think that. I mean, I am a spiritual person and I have a lot of faith, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But I think the courage came from almost there being no other alternative, you know, just this this realization that sometimes I will get like pictures in my mind that represent kind of what's going on. or And so at that time in my life, I had this persistent picture in my mind of our whole family in a big lake. And there was, you know, those floating docks you see. Yes, yes, yes. And so we were in this lake that was really deep and cold. And I was holding on to the dock in the water. And all of the rest of them were holding on to me, my husband included. Oh, wow. It was like this realization there's only one person I can cut loose in this scenario 
for our survival uh, and the person yeah. who should be able to hoist us all up on the dock, but he isn't. And so I feel like that picture really helped me to see the reality of the situation. Like I can save myself and my kids, but I can't save us all. And it's so, almost like that was your sign from the universe. Yeah. And mine was that woman I had lunch yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And yet at the same time, you still had to bring forth a lot of strength and courage to go through and make it happen. I really did. I think, you know, the part that I haven't really, I guess that I haven't shared with you is that he was, he had a terrible anger problem. He was emotionally abusive. And so yes, yes. that was the other thing that had kept me stuck. Probably mm-hmm. the biggest things that had kept me stuck for so long was just the fear of how he would react and what would happen. And this is something I've discussed with one of my good friends many times because like she and I kind of both understood like how disastrous it could be. And honestly, the whole situation ended up being, maybe it's not encouraging to say this, but like it ended up being even worse than I could have imagined it to be. And yet still, once the decision was made, it was like, well, this is what we're doing. And yeah, yeah. you come out on the other side, but it was, it did require a lot of strength, I guess. And also though, a lot of letting go and realizing like, I can't control this process. This is all, mm, you know, mm-hmm. feels like it's really out of control, but even in moments that were overwhelming or scary, I did feel like supported by God and my friends and it somehow worked out. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I always point to is you need some kind of support structures. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got to find them if you don't have them. Absolutely. I mean, I had a lot of support. I absolutely did. And I couldn't have done it without that support. And I also think when you're anticipating such a big life change like that and doing something difficult, you want to put all the pieces in place ahead of time. Like you want to work it all out, but that's right, not but that you is can't. impossible. It's yes. a, you actually have to trust that in the moments ahead of you, you're yes. going to keep meeting with like some kind of grace that is going to allow you to rise to the challenge of that moment or that day and just not worry about the day after that. I feel like that experience really changed me significantly because I used to be an overwhelmingly anxious person. Uh Everything becomes like when circumstances become so overwhelming that you realize this this is utterly out of my control. (laughs) But somehow every day we keep waking up, we meet the grace we need and it happens again and again and again. Yes. Yes. It really shifted my perspective on life, I would say. Yeah. 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 Someone just told me, and now I've lost the name of this book. Tool. Oh, it's called Tools. Okay. And mm-hmm. I haven't gotten it. Oh, I actually did download it on my iPad. I just haven't started reading it yet. 
but one of my clients was saying it's so great. And it's a book written by a psychiatrist. And there's a famous actor. I remember his name nowadays. But this was his psychiatrist. Okay. And, and what she said is awesome about the book is it really gets you clear that every single day there's going to be a challenge. There's going to be some pain. Hmm. There's going to be something to deal with that you don't like. Yeah. And when you surrender to that, your life changes. And then he gives you certain tools to deal with these things. Hmm. And she says they're kind of amazing. And that just reminded me of that. Like, we think we have control. Yeah. And actually, in my intuitive painting, which I've talked about a little bit on the podcast so far, you're trying to get yourself out of control with pain. Yeah. It's really interesting because it's almost like when you get to that place of being out of control, then you can access something. Yeah. You know, I think every like writer's block, I think it comes from trying to be in control and make the writing go in a particular way. And when you're not in control, you're sort of channeling something. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, when I, early in the pandemic, I decided to write a book Mm -hmm. and I'd started many books before that, (laughs) many unfinished manuscripts. Yes. And I was spending a lot of time in the woods early in the pandemic because you know what else could well, right exactly and also it was very three of my boys were living with me at the time and so it was very crowded in my house and of course nobody's going anywhere so I was going to the woods and I found this rock in the creek and I would just go and sit there and listen and just listen honestly mm-hmm. and I did this every day and about six weeks into it, I thought I'm going to come to this rock every week for a year and just ask like, what do the woods have to say to me? What does the Creek have to say to me? And I don't know what this will be, but this is going to be a book. And I think I had no vision exactly for what it would be, but I just was like, this is the process that I'm going to engage in. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think because I had a clear process, I was able to carry it through, but also because it didn't feel completely reliant on me. It was like you said, that openness of Mm -hmm. I'm surrendering to something beyond myself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Very cool. So it's kind of the game of life, like, because we hate uncertainty, but only if we're willing to be in uncertainty, that's where most of the real juiciness of life comes out. Yes. And if we don't challenge ourselves or let things shift, like be open to that uncertainty. I love that. Yeah, that is where the juiciness is. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And, uh, currently in my book club, we're reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. Uh-huh. Who wrote, wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Yep. And if you haven't, I just recommend everybody if you haven't read that book, I'd read it more than once because there's so many gems in there. 
Mm. And I'm listening to it and reading it. I don't usually do that, but I wanted to be able to pull certain things out as I read it, but also listening to it as I'm driving around or whatever. I actually have that book on Audible. And I sometimes when I'm listening to things, I then get sidetracked with starting to listen to something else. And I actually went through my library yesterday, my Audible library, and I was like, oh, right. I haven't finished listening to that book yet. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she talks about creating for the joy of it in all areas of life. And yeah. I was so struck by that she said, I'm going to be a writer, but not in order to. And so she just kept writing in her life, like from her young age on, and she would send things out and get rejection after rejection after rejection, but none of it ever stopped her. Like she said, sometimes I get a rejection. I'd send two more things out that day Mm -hmm. because it wasn't about whether she succeeded. It was about the process of creating and being a writer. And that was part of the game. And I was just like, I wish someone had taught me that when I was 20. (laughs) Absolutely. We live in such a capitalistic culture that we think mm-hmm. everything has to be monetized mm-hmm. of value. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a really unfortunate thing that's happened to creativity. And somehow we don't understand that you can just do something for the joy of doing it. You don't have to sell it in an Etsy shop. You don't have to sell your manuscript, although that's, these things are wonderful, but it's really just, does it bring you life to create something? Does it develop you as a person as you create something? And I wish that we could all learn to like value that joy of doing. And and at the same time, be able, be willing to put it out there without caring what people think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like my husband is, I swear to God, he could be a professional photographer. He can sell his photography. He doesn't put it out anywhere. And he's like, I can't believe you just put your paintings out. You get them hung in all these places. <laughs> like, what do I care? People will buy them or they won't, you know? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and I have this one client and she is, oh my God, just this amazing artist. She won't ask anybody to buy anything. Mm-hmm. And she wants to make her living now as an artist. And it's just like, why not? <laughs> yeah. It's just funny to me. But anyway, let's get back to your story. Is there anything else you want to share with us about that transition and and what it took for you? And then how you tra- maybe even transitioned your boys and where you ended up? Because now it's been how many years? It's been eight years. Okay. Yeah. 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 And some, you know, it's interesting because I've met so many, I would probably like four years, maybe four or five years after my separation, I started trying to date. And so I've met a lot of people who have also been through a divorce. Yes. Yes. I do feel like You know, I had a very particular situation in which I needed a protective order and I had was given full custody of Mm. my 
my youngest sons. And, and that's a different sort of transition into, you know, that post-divorce life than I think most people have where they're trying to figure out co-parenting and all that back and forth. And it's definitely not easy to be a full custody parent and that's its own. Right. Sure. Whole ball of wax, you know, it's a lot, but it does eliminate a lot of tension and yes, yes, communication yes. challenges and things like that, that I believe me, I get that otherwise would have had. And that I think yes. people do have. And I think, I think too, it kind of, and I don't love this about my story, but there was kind of this very clear narrative, like for, even for my kids that like, I looked sort of heroic and their Uh, dad looked kind of like a villain. And I don't see it that way, but I think that's how other people see it. And in a way that simplified things in a sense, but it's also, that's not a good or accurate narrative at all. Yeah, And I've been very careful to, in the way that I've talked about him and yes, that's not even hard because I still love him and care about him and want him to be well. And so I just think there's, there are a ridiculous number of issues once you get divorced about. Oh my God. And you're always, even in my situation where I'm not even working out like visitation schedules or anything like that. You're always connected to this person. If you have children together, you have children, right. Your kids are grappling with their relationship with their other parent and with you. And I think one of the really wonderful things that came out of my divorce is that so much in our lives when we were together as a family was like a secret and Mm. pretending that our lives were okay when they weren't okay. And there were a lot of things that we didn't discuss openly. Mm -hmm. And then once the divorce happened, I was able to begin having much more honest conversations with my sons and we could call a spade a spade and we all begin to tease out our own codependency issues. And so I think that they, especially my older kids have all experienced tremendous growth personally, since our divorce, because there's just so much more honesty about reality. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Well, if anybody wants to connect with you, Nina, what's the best way to do that? Probably the best way is on my website, which is ninagroup.com. And also you could look for me on social media. There's okay. really not any other Nina groups for the most part. I did find one, but now <laughs> she's divorced now <laughs> and her, changed her name back. So <laughs> I'm kind of nice to have a mind. very, a very specific name that <laughs> yes. no one else has. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, I didn't exactly. appreciate it growing up, but now I do. So. Right, right, right. Well, thank you so much for telling your story. And sure. if you're a woman listening who's in a difficult situation with a marriage, Nina might be a perfect person to connect with. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you again for listening. Remember, go to my website, www.fearlesslivingnow.com for some free resources, as well as if you'd like to get some coaching from me, join a group, do an intuitive painting class, or join my upcoming retreat next May in North Carolina, the Fearless Living Now Retreat. And I'll talk to you soon. Good day for now, my friends. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit fearlesslivingnow.com. Join the Fearless Living Now Facebook group and subscribe to the weekly podcast. This will give you more encouragement and inspiration. Feel free to reach out to me at patty at fearlesslivingnow.com or 612-363-7605 if you need anything.